What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Before we begin, I do want to say that this week's episode has some pretty horrific stuff in it. The great thing about the Bible is that it tells the truth, and sometimes that truth can be pretty scary. And so I would encourage you, if you are a parent listening to this week's episode with your child, you might want to go read the end of Second Kings chapter 6 and what happens there in the story to make sure that you want your child to listen to this or even also listen ahead and see how I handle it. I try to be as honest with the text and as delicate with the situations I can. So um, I would encourage you as a parent to listen to this week's episode and to make sure this is something you want your child to listen to. And if you are a child and you're listening to this episode all by yourself, I would go and run and get your mom and dad or, or another adult and have them listen to the episode and decide yeah, it's okay. You're old enough to handle it. It's okay. Or maybe you're not. And so I would encourage you, if you're a child and you're listening to this by yourself, please uh, check with a parent before proceeding on to today's episode. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the expository story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. The mother was probably rocking back and forth in such hunger, her body beginning to shake. And she looks down at the ground and her little baby boy is just crying and crying and crying. And the crying is starting to get to her head. She looks over at her friend, who's another mother, and she's laying on the ground, maybe in the fetal position, just starving as well. And her baby is crying and crying and the sound is starting to get to them and the lack of food is starting to get their brain to act irrationally. And this woman, I'm sure, is getting angrier and angrier at the whole situation and angry at her son who won't quit crying. And so then she looks at the other woman and she goes, listen, listen, we are starving, right? We're going to starve to death. Our boys are going to die anyway. So so let's do this. Let's do this. You, let's take your son and, and let's boil him. Let's kill him and then boil him. And then we'll eat him. And then we'll boil and eat my son tomorrow. Okay, okay. And the woman looks at the other woman and you would think this is nuts. 
there's no way this is going to happen, right? Well, these two women look at each other. They look down at their little boys. And then, this is a sad story. It's really tragic. But what's interesting is this whole predicament, whether you're going to eat your own child or not, this is called cannibalism. And it's horrid. It's horrific. You don't do it. Well, what's interesting is hundreds of years earlier, before the people of Israel were about to enter the promised land, their leader Moses gave a speech. And he said, people of Israel, if you follow the Lord, you will be blessed. If you keep your covenant with the Lord, you will be blessed beyond blessed. But if you choose not to follow the Lord, If you instead say, we are going to do our own thing and we don't care what happens. If you choose to follow other gods and abandon Yahweh, you will be cursed by Yahweh. And one of the things that you will be cursed by is this. You will be attacked by other nations and they will surround your city. And they will cause you to starve to death to the point where fathers and mothers will want to eat their own children. That's what Moses said would happen if the people of Israel rejected Yahweh. Well, fast forward to 2 Kings chapter 6. And sadly, this curse by God has come true. See, earlier, right, Elisha had led raiders of the Syrian army, had made them blind and led them to Samaria, where Jehoram, the king of northern Israel, had a great party and they'd signed a big treaty and they wouldn't attack each other and everything ended great, right, last podcast? Well, I don't know how many months, maybe years later, Ben-Hadad II, the king of Syria, he's like, we're going to break that treaty. And they came in the Syrian army, and they surrounded Samaria. And they began to do what is called siege warfare. And with siege warfare, what you simply do is you take a big army, you surround their city, and you stop all trade. You don't let any food in. You don't let any food out. You don't let any product in. You don't let any product out. And you just sit back and you wait And day after day after day after day, the people inside the city, their food begins to run out. And month after month after month, the people begin to starve. And eventually, the people inside that city become so insane from hunger that they open the city gates and you can just walk in and take it over without barely lifting your sword. Well, that's what the Syrian armies decided to do. They are sieging the capital of northern Israel called Samaria. And this is exactly what Moses said would happen if the people of Israel rejected Yahweh. And northern Israel, they've rejected Yahweh. They've pursued Baal. They pursued Chemosh. They pursued Molech. They pursued all these other gods and not the one true God, Yahweh. They've totally rejected him. Well, 
here they are, the Syrians, putting on siege warfare, and here is northern Israel starving to death. Well, the king, Jehoram, of northern Israel, he's walking around the city walls, and He's checking out the situation. Maybe he's looking for some way he could get out, maybe a, a break in their ranks. But everywhere he looks, everywhere he looks, there's army after army surrounding the city. And then he bumps into this woman who's also on the city wall. And this woman cries out to him, Oh, king, please help me. Please help me. And she seems a little insane. She seems a little crazy. And King Jehoram's like, I can't help you. I don't have any grain or any drink to give you. I, I'm starving to death, too. What, what do you want me to do? And, and maybe grabs her by the shoulders. And what is wrong with you? The woman looks up, and I can imagine there's madness in her eyes. And she looks at him, and she says, Yesterday, me, me and my friend, this other mother, we, we, we both have little children, and and and." We both looked at each other and, and one said, hey, let's kill your son and then let's boil him and then we'll eat him because we were starving, king. We were starving. And then tomorrow we'll, we'll kill my son. We'll boil him and then we'll eat him. So, so and I wonder if she looks down at the ground in total shame or maybe she's so insane she doesn't even care. She goes, so we ate my son. They killed the boy and ate him. And then she said, I, I got up today and I was going to get ready to, to kill her son and, and eat him when the woman, she grabbed her son and went away. She, she ran away with her son and so she, she ruined her part of the bargain. And maybe here she gets mad. And King Jehoram steps back and he's like, whoa. I wonder if he sees in her no remorse, no sadness. She's so gone insane by hunger that she's furious. The other woman didn't keep her side of the bargain. Not that they just resorted to cannibalism. And maybe he sees this insane woman and he rips his clothes in total sorrow. What is this? How can this happen? This is terrible, and he probably begins to get mad at Yahweh. See, Jehoram had been working with Elisha. And remember, Elisha would give him warnings as to when the Syrians would invade and raid into Israel. And, and Elisha would give him the specific location so Jehoram would pull his people back and protect them. Do you remember that? So Jehoram was working with Elisha. And maybe Elisha said, you have got to wait on Yahweh. This siege is going to be long, but you've got to wait on Yahweh. Trust Yahweh. Trust him. Trust him. And when people began to die, and when he heard this horrific story, that was it. Enough. I'm done following Yahweh. I'm done following Elisha. And then he says to one of his messengers, bring me Elisha. I want to chop off his head. I mean, that's what he said. I want to remove the head from the shoulders of Elisha. He gets mad at Elisha. The only reason all of this is happening is because northern Israel made a choice to follow another god, and they're living with the consequences of that choice. 
But instead of blaming himself and asking for forgiveness, instead he turns and says, I want to kill Elisha, the servant of Yahweh. There is no way this is fair. This is no way this is right. And he starts to send his messenger to go find Elisha. I want him dead. Well, Elisha is inside a house. And he's surrounded by the elders of the city who were basically his disciples. And they were listening to him. And I think they were also waiting for Yahweh to act, waiting for this to end. They were probably hungry themselves, but they trusted in Yahweh. They waited on him. Well, Elisha was warned by the Lord. The Lord said to him, hey, a man's coming to kill you. A man's coming to chop your head off. You better get your men to protect the door. And so Elisha says, all right, elders, I need you to get up and I need you to go stand at that door because there is a murderer coming to kill me. And so they all ran to the door just as the king's messenger finally found where Elisha was. And I can imagine he just pounded on the door. Let me in! Let me in! And right behind him was King Jehoram, angry, going a little insane from the lack of food himself. I'm going to kill you, Elisha. I want your head. And they're yelling through the door. And Elisha says, listen, tomorrow, five quarts of choice flour will cost only one piece of silver. And ten quarts of barley grain will only cost one piece of silver tomorrow. And the man pounding on the door, this messenger, turns out to be the king's officer. And the king's officer begins to laugh. He's like, are you insane? Because those prices are super, super cheap. And why is the king's officer laughing? Well, it says in 2 Kings chapter 6 that this famine is so bad, is so terrible, that a donkey's head, the head of a donkey, it's being sold for 80 pieces of silver, and a cup of dove's poop is sold for five pieces of silver. Now, there's not a lot of meat on the head of a donkey, but it's going for 80 pieces of silver. And and they're not eating the poop, just it seems like what they would do is they would take that poop and they would boil it down because doves will often eat like seed and other grains. So they'd find the grain inside the poop and they'd somehow burn off the poop and eat that. And some people think the word there for dung is actually some sort of weird grain. But either way, this is a little bit of food, a morsel, and right now it's being sold for five pieces of silver, the littlest portion of food you can imagine, and a nasty donkey's head that nobody wants to eat for 80. And here, (laughs) the king's officer begins to laugh. Here, Elisha is saying that choice flour is going to be sold for one piece of silver, and now I've got to give five for the littlest piece of poop and you're going to sell me five quarts of choice flour for one piece of silver and this is going to happen by tomorrow? No way, says the king's officer. No way will that ever happen. And it says, no way, that couldn't even happen. The king's officer says, even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven and just flooded the world with all this goodness. There is no way. And he's laughing. He's laughing. He's mocking God. And Elisha says, listen, 
yelling through the door. You will see it happen with your own eyes. But, and here he makes a prophecy, you will not be able to eat any of it. So the king's officer and Jehoram, they walk away. I think Jehoram's thinking, all right, Yahweh, I'm going to give you one more chance. Okay, Yahweh, I'm going to give you one more chance. Well, later on that evening, starting to get dark. And there's these four lepers sitting in a tent by the city gate. Now, back in those days, if you were a leper, you were considered unclean. You were rejected by Israeli society. You had to be sitting outside the camp. You couldn't intermingle amongst the people. But they couldn't really go out to the Syrians because the Syrians would have rejected them too, or so they thought. And these four lepers finally came to the point where they're starving to death, and they're like, you know what? Let's go surrender to the Syrians. We might as well. They might let us live. Maybe we could give them some good intel. Maybe we could give them some good, useful information. Maybe they're kinder to lepers. We we could either go surrender to them and hope they'll be nice to us or starve with people here and die anyway. Nope. Let's go do it. Let's go surrender. So as it gets just around twilight, we can barely see just before night, they open the city gates and they sneak out the door. One, two, three, four. Out the city gates. And they start walking closer, getting closer to the Syrian army. And they're thinking, all right, we're going to bump into a guard here soon. We're going to bump into some sort of soldier. And one of them, oh, boom, trips over a breastplate laying on the ground. Another one picks up a sword just laying here. And it says they begin to pick up pieces of armor. And as they get closer and closer to the to the tent of the Syrian army, to the tents of the Syrian army, they find that the camp is completely empty. <gasps> this is great. The horses are tethered. They're just tied to stuff. And they go into a tent and there's gold. There's bags of gold. There's bags of silver. And the best thing of all, there is food. There's trifle pudding. There's turkey. There's all the candy you can imagine. And there's peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Yes, or at least there's bread and peanut butter and jelly. And they start making their own peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And they're just chowing down. And they're eating, they're eating away. And they're looking around and all the Syrians are gone. But their armor is strewn all over the camp. See what? What they didn't know is Yahweh, the Lord. He fulfilled his promise. He did exactly what Elisha said. What he did, the Lord made it sound to the Syrian army as if an army from the north, the Hittites, and an army from the south, the Egyptians, had come to converge on the Syrian army. And he made the sound of a huge army marching. And, and maybe horses whinnying and, 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 and swords clanging. And he made it sound like a huge Egyptian army from the south. And a huge army, a Hittite army from the north was coming. And when the Syrians heard these noises, 
they just ran and they rushed out of the camp and they dropped everything to run back home. And so these lepers are eating away, enjoying the food. And then one of them, he's like, we can't keep this all to ourselves. Now, they probably took some gold and they dug a hole in the ground and they probably hid some stuff so later on they could come back for it. So they weren't perfect men. But one of them finally gets some sort of conscience and he's like, we can't just keep this to ourselves. And so they run back to the city gates and as they get closer to the city gates, the guards of the city gates are like, no, wait, 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 stay away from us. But the lepers are like, listen, you got to listen to us. You got to listen to us. The Syrian camp is empty. They've all run away. There is nobody there. And the guards are like, really? And the lepers are like, yes, you got to believe us. And so the guards of the city gates tell the people and the people tell other people. And then the news spreads throughout the camp. And then it comes to King Jehoram and he says, stop. This is a trap. I just know it's a trap. There's no way that this could have happened. Now, earlier, Jehoram was laughing, right, at God, that there's no way that things are going to turn around that quickly, that things are going to cost that cheap. There's no way. He was laughing earlier, and here he's thinking still in his negative way, this must have been a trap. There's no way this was provided by the Lord. This must have been a trap. No. Let's send out some scouts and check everything out first. So the people are like, oh, all right. So they send out two chariots. These chariots go out, and they come into the camp, and just like the lepers said, there's armor spread everywhere, gold and money and food. And then they start to follow the trail of armor, and it goes all the way to the Jordan River. The Syrians were so afraid, they burst through the Jordan River and ran all the way home. And the chariots turn around and they go back and they report to the city what the lepers say is true. Now, remember that king's officer? Remember that messenger of the king, the king's officer, who laughed and said, there is no way, there is absolutely no way this is going to work out, that things will be that cheap, that things won't cost that much. There is no way. And even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven, he said, there is no way. And Elisha said, tomorrow you're going to see it happen. Well, guess who's at the gates of the city? This king's officer. Guess who's standing there? And the people are pushing to get out, to get out, to get out. Well, when the scouts come back and they find that the camp is indeed empty and there is food aplenty, they open the city gates. And the king's officer, he's trying to get people to leave in an orderly fashion. But the people are like, phooey, forget that. And they burst through the city gates and they start running. They're starving. They're insane with hunger, and they start running towards the camp. And in the middle of this rush of people, the king's officer gets trampled to death. Just like Elisha prophesied. He saw it come true. He saw the windows of heaven were opened. But he didn't get to enjoy any of it. You know, I think it's interesting. we got to keep this in mind, right? 
that if you follow the Lord, the Lord promises to bless you. And I know many Christians who suffer in this life, who don't get all they want, who maybe suffer physical illness or or even persecution. I'm not saying that if you follow the Lord, your life's going to be perfect, but you do know this, that God promises you a home in heaven. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. That's what Jesus That's what Jesus promised his disciples, and he promises us. He's preparing a home for us. We're going to be with the Lord forever. No matter what happens in this life, we are blessed. If you make that choice to follow the Lord and the people of northern Israel... They could have been blessed in their lifetime. God promised them financial and and physical blessings if they would just keep the covenant promises, but they pursued other gods. Because of that choice, they ended up with terrible suffering. And I want to say that whenever you make the choice to choose Satan, to choose evil, to choose another God to follow apart from Yahweh. When you make that choice, guess what? You may have temporary joy. You may have temporary pleasure, but in the long run, you're going to spend eternity in hell separated from the Lord forever. And you will have eternal suffering if you make that choice and you can make it. And many people are. They're saying, I'd rather do my own thing, be my own person. I'd rather pursue other gods than Yahweh. Well, you can. But I don't know why you would. And years earlier, Moses said, You have a choice before you. Blessing or curse? Life or death? Moses said, choose life. And I pray today that as you listen to this story, that you will, with Elisha, choose life. Choose to follow Jesus. Put your trust in him and follow him all the days of your life just like Elisha thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast if you have any questions or comments we would love to hear from you you can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com if you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.